Hello, my friends. This is Persephone Rose, the Red Diva. Welcome to lucky number 13th episode of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I am today, what is the expression, feeling my oats? I feel good. I am well-rested, well-nourished, and I'm excited to be doing what I love best, which is sharing what I know and feel and understand about what it takes to experience life at its most sovereign. And this is vastly different from how I felt just a few months ago before I got my sleep in order and eliminated some of my big food sensitivities and got some clues about how I wasn't spending my time in accordance with my greatest values. So I am grateful for the wake-up call that my body and the universe gave me about getting my house in order and being the person that I want to be. I am, as always, recording in my antique apartment building in the heart of the Willamette Valley in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I have decorated for fall, despite my love's protests and eye-rolling, So I am surrounded by many scarecrows. There are pumpkins on the front porch, and the whole place smells like chai tea. If you could be a fly on the wall of my life, one thing you would probably be astounded and perhaps perplexed by is the number of vitamins and supplement bottles that crowd the top cupboard of my grandmother's vintage hutch. Every morning, my love and I go through a routine of making baggies of pills, one set for the morning, one set for the afternoon. We take a few more when we get home in the evening and a whole different round when it's time to go to bed. I regularly run across people who refuse to take supplements saying that they firmly believe that they can get all the nutrients they need from eating a balanced diet. And I inwardly get very judgy at that moment and wonder what they consider a balanced diet. And I whisper silently to the inside of my own head, no, you can't. Does that surprise you? As someone who firmly believes in food as medicine and that every bite of food matters, isn't it a bit of an oxymoron that I would believe you can't get enough of what you need from food? But as I have said before, our food systems are broken. What we are told by the powers that be is a healthy diet is motivated by economics, not by a desire for a healthy populace. And unless you are on a fairly strict autoimmune protocol like I currently temporarily am, you are undoubtedly eating some level of processed food that contains little nutrition and a lot of inflammation. Even if you are balancing your blood sugar and eating a lot of organic produce, The nutritional health of the soil that food was grown in is uncertain. And unless you picked it from your own garden moments before you ate it, 
It took a while to get to you, and every moment it sat on a store shelf, it was leaking its phytonutrients. Not to mention that most of us have not eaten quote-unquote perfectly for the entirety of our lives. And we are bombarded by more toxins than any of us could adequately imagine. And are under levels of stress that human physiology was simply not designed to withstand. So we're coming to the table in a state of deficiency. Supplements are concentrated nutrients that one can take in order to bridge the gaps. And sometimes it's a gap that just needs to be bridged while you embark on a health journey or clean up your plate or make lifestyle changes. And sometimes it's a gap that might simply always need to be bridged. I always advocate that if you take a nutritional supplement and it makes you feel better, then you have a deficiency in that nutrient. If you are tired in the afternoon and taking a vitamin B12 melt away gives you energy, then you have a vitamin B12 deficiency. If you have high anxiety and you take some magnesium, and it alleviates your anxiety, then you have a magnesium deficiency. By the way, 80% of Americans have insufficient levels of magnesium, and the number one symptom of a clinically diagnosed deficiency of magnesium is anxiety. If you notice that taking vitamin D helps keep the dark winter blues away, then you had a vitamin D deficiency. And by the way, science suggests that every American who does not supplement vitamin D has insufficient levels. And unless you are spending your entire life 24-7 lying naked on the equator, you cannot get sufficient levels from the sun, especially not here in the Pacific Northwest. Vitamins and minerals are cofactors in our biochemistry, and when we are short on any one of those nutrients, our biochemistry doesn't work optimally. The phytonutrients, or antioxidants, or free radical scavengers that we get from eating fruits and vegetables are the way that we clean up after our biochemical reactions and get rid of toxins that come on board through some other pathway. The amino acids that we get from dietary protein are the very neurotransmitters that make our cognition and mood stable and functioning. They also form the enzymes that bridge every single biochemical reaction and rebuild and maintain muscle and tissue fibers. And if we are not getting more than sufficient levels of all of those different types of nutrients, then our biochemistry cannot function at thrive levels. The recommended daily allowance for certain vitamins and minerals and nutrients that was set by the FDA was set in order to keep 
a 25 to 35 year old male from dying of a deficiency disease. I am not a 25 to 35 year old male. And although I don't want to die from a deficiency disease, I would also rather thrive. I would rather get more of those nutrients than it takes to keep me from death's bed. And I would like to have enough on board so that I'm happy and healthy and have energy and I'm vibrant. I'm going to talk about the nutrients that I think it is crucial to human health to supplement regularly, and then some that I rotate in and out, and some that can be really helpful from time to time to help you get back to a state of health. Because I don't spend much time lying naked on the equator, I take vitamin D every single day, even in the summer. If you live where I live, anywhere near the 45th parallel, it is possible to get around 400 IUs or international units of vitamin D from the ultraviolet rays of the sun interacting with the cholesterol in my skin for most of July and August. That is if I am not wearing any sunscreen or hardly any clothes and spending a lot of my time outdoors in the direct sunlight. And I would, I would love to say that I spend most of July and August in that state, but alas, I do not. And vitamin D is crucial to so many things. Every single cell in the body has receptors for this fat-soluble vitamin, and it, it is a really good example of triage mode where the body will take the little tiny bit that it has and use it for the most basic survival ensuring mechanisms and forego spending it on things like mood and sleep or, you know, really, really frivolous things like DNA replication or appropriate cell die off. I think we as a species were probably meant to spend a lot of time running around naked in the sunlight. So there's not a lot of food that has tons of vitamin D in it and Supplementing vitamin D is really fairly inexpensive. You can ask your doctor to test your blood levels. A lot of people are worried that because D is a fat-soluble vitamin and your body will store it up, that they'll gain toxic levels of it. But to be honest, most people probably could use a little more, and supplementing with 400 to 2,000 IUs a day is probably not going to hurt you, especially going into the dark time of the year. Another of my absolutes is a vitamin B complex, a supplement that contains all of the B vitamin family, and if possible, in their methylated or coenzymated forms. When you look at a graphic of the biochemistry just for energy production, the number of enzymatic reactions that must have a B vitamin as a cofactor is astounding. There is very little biochemistry in the human body that doesn't need B vitamins, and they really work better when they're taken together. You can take a B12 and get a little jolt of energy, but a lot of the surrounding biochemistry also requires B1 and B6 and folate and that energy is going to be better sustained if you have all of them on board. The bees are also really important in our brain chemistry, in the formation of neurons and the use of neurotransmitters. 
They are water soluble, so we don't hold on to them, which means we need a steady supply. And some people will scoff and say, you don't use what you take in a supplement, you just pee it all out. And indeed, your urine will be bright, dark yellow after taking a B-complex. However, I think most people feel better in some way on this supplement, and I would rather pee out some extra than be without enough. Dark green leafy veggies, some legumes have the bees in them, but they are primarily in meat, eggs, seafood, dairy. And if you're a vegan, this is pretty damn crucial. And you can buy vegan versions of this supplement. Most of my vegan friends know they might need to supplement with some iron to prevent anemia. I personally would tell you to just cook in cast iron. But even if you have enough iron on board, you cannot make red blood cells without the B vitamins. Another supplement that I have almost always taken daily, but have taken in double and even triple doses since my brain injury, is those amazing omega-3s. Omega-3s are an essential fatty acid, meaning we don't make them in vitro. We have to get them from diet. And you would have to eat sardines or salmon five times a day in order to get enough to offset how many omega-6s we tend to have in our diets. In terms of the immune system and the healing process, omega-6s turn on inflammation and omega-3s turn it off. We need both, but we need them in equal amounts. And the standard American diet has them in ratios of 32 omega-6s to 1 omega-3. If you eat any processed food like bread or pasta or crackers or salad dressing, even organic, really healthy versions of them, you are getting a lot of omega-6s. And unless you are eating, like I said, massive amounts of sardines and salmon, then your ratios are most likely off. So supplementing with omega-3s can support that healthy immune and inflammation response. They're crucial also to the structure and function of all cells, but particularly brain cells. And many functional medicine professionals recommend a a base supplement level of 1,200 milligrams of combined omega-3s. So when you're looking at a bottle of fish oil or krill oil or algae oil, it is really important to understand what you're taking. That bottle can say that you're getting a thousand milligrams of fish oil, but the amount of actual omega-3s in it can be relatively low. What you want to look carefully for is how many milligrams of EPA and DHA there are in the serving size of that supplement. The higher the amount of EPA and DHA, the more expensive the supplement is going to be, but the fewer pills you're going to have to take. And honestly, Per milligram of omega-3s, the more expensive supplements are usually a better buy. There is another omega-3 that's often called the mother of EPA and DHA that is found in plant oils like flax and hemp. The body can convert alpha-linolenic acid, or ALA, into EPA and DHA, but it actually mostly uses it for other cell structure function purposes or for fuel production. 
And only about 1% of an ALA supplement is actually converted into those molecules that are so crucial for turning off inflammation and forming brain cells. Look for algae versions if you don't want to use the fish versions. Magnesium is used in over 600 biochemical and enzymatic reactions in the human body. Anxiety is the first symptom of a diagnosed magnesium deficiency. Magnesium is a relaxer. It is involved in the peristalsis of the digestive system, in the beating of the heart, and in the contraction and relaxation of the large motor muscles. Please, please eat your veggies to get all of the electrolytes, but know that vegetables do not have the same nutritional content that they did 50 years ago and magnesium is crucial. Now, please don't take magnesium oxide unless you have a severe constipation problem. Magnesium citrate is fairly well absorbed, but it can cause diarrhea if you too much is taken at once. Magnesium malate is wonderful for muscles. Magglycinate is great for the nervous system. And then taurate and threonate are great for the brain and mood and sleep. I take some powdered magnesium citrate in some water before bed every night. During the day, I like to alternate between bottles of magnesium taurate and magnesium threonate for mood, sleep, anxiety, brain health. If you don't want to think about all of that... I would just go for a magnesium glyconate supplement. It is well absorbed. Your body will get it where it needs to go. Linus Pauling was right, and we all need to take vitamin C. This is one that I actually think is fun to take in gummy form because it takes me back to my childhood breakfast table. Ideally, I would recommend 500 mg's a couple times throughout the day for better absorption, The jury is kind of out on whether we can really absorb more than 500 milligrams at a time, but I think we do need more than 500 per day. And yes, take more during cold and flu season. Keep in mind that like magnesium, an excessive amount of vitamin C can loosen the bowels and send you running to the bathroom. Sometimes, not always, I take a regular multivitamin. I think if someone is really not eating in a way that is nutritionally sound, a multivitamin can be a good bridge to fill the gaps in the diet and make sure that someone is really covering their bases in a minimal way. There is some anti-multi thought that a lot of the large mineral molecules are going to compete with everything else and you're not going to actually absorb absorb everything in a multi. But I think I would rather someone get some rather than none. So if you're a person who knows you're not going to take a handful of pills, then yes, a multivitamin is a really good starting place. There are also options like a multi with only vitamins in the morning and a multi-mineral complex in the afternoon or evening. Along the lines of covering your bases, if you aren't going to eat enough protein, if that's hard for you, you better supplement those amino acids. And I will sometimes put a teaspoon of an essential amino acid powder in a smoothie just for good measure. 
If you're not going to eat your veggies, if that's hard for you, then a greens powder supplement is another easy thing to throw into water or smoothies. Green powders is kind of like taking a multivitamin, except you don't always have the exact amounts of the vitamin and mineral breakdown on the label, which is okay. You're just eating all of your veggies in one easy sitting. One of the first books that I read in the beginning of my health journey was Julia Ross's The Mood Cure, where she introduced me to supplementing with the building blocks of mood neurotransmitters. I go through periods where I take these amino acids pretty consistently and times when there's a lot less stress and I don't feel like I need that support, but I always have them on hand. And again, if I take one and it makes me feel better, then I know that I might need to supplement with it a while while I get more dietary protein in my, in my diet. The amino acid L-tryptophan is enzymatically turned into a molecule called 5-HTP, both of which you can supplement with, which then down the road is turned into serotonin and then in the dark turned into melatonin to help you sleep. So it's important for that sense of well-being and for good sleep. I have to tell you that I am a fan of therapy and self-growth books and programs, but it is not physiological possible for you to make happy happen in the absence of enough of this molecule. DLPA is the amino acid phenylalanine, which is a precursor to dopamine. So it's used in the production of pleasure, the alleviation of pain, and different from the well-being that comes from serotonin, I would describe more as joy. And when you get to the place where you feel like you have no bandwidth for anything, DLPA can really take the edge off. There is another amino acid called GABA, G-A-B-A, which is short for gamma aminobutyric acid, and it is really the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter for the central nervous system. It functions to limit neuronal excitability by inhibiting nerve transmission. It works in conjunction with another amino acid called glutamate to regulate the on-off switch of neurons. I have heard it explained to me that the, the biochemical definition of ADHD is more glutamate than GABA. So I take GABA when I can't turn my brain off, when I am experiencing really physical anxiety or really just have no bandwidth left for any more stress. And the last specific amino acid I want to talk about is called tyrosine. And it is used in the body to create neurotransmitters like epinephrine, norepinephrine, which we used to call adrenaline, and to some extent, dopamine. Now, tyrosine is not an essential amino acid. It can be made in the body from reserves of phenylalanine. So you could just take the DLPA we talked about before, and you could get some similar support. But tyrosine is also critical in the structure of thyroid hormone. We refer to thyroid hormone as T3 or T4, and that T is tyrosine attached to an iodine molecule. 
So when I take tyrosine, I'm thinking energy. I'm thinking motivation. I'm thinking I can't get off my butt and this might help me do that. Either because it will help make adrenaline or thyroid hormone, which is crucially involved in energy metabolism. I do also pretty regularly take the mineral selenium because it is involved in thyroid health and it is also an amazing immune supportive antioxidant. And speaking of antioxidants or free radical scavengers, I will usually rotate in a bottle one of the big science-backed plant polyphenols like alpha-lipoic acid or pycnogenol or grapeseed extract. Every now and then I'll work my way through a bottle of a product called ACEs, A-C-E-S, which is vitamins A, C, E, and selenium, because all of those things are pretty heavy-duty antioxidants. I think lutein and or zeaxanthin are important plant polyphenols to work in every now and then as they are really supportive of eye health. And especially in the time where we're looking at a lot of blue light emitting from a lot of screens, lutein in particular can be really protective against the damage that that can incur. I also sometimes rotate in a liver support supplement and a women's menopause or libido support supplement or something called a biofilm disruptor, which are enzymes that break down the jelly-like gunk that bacteria and viruses build around themselves so that my immune system can actually get to them. Probiotics are another one that I like to work in every so often, but especially if I have to go on a round of antibiotics for any reason. I honestly could have gone on and on about other nutrients for specific reasons, but I fear that you are thinking, OMG, I don't want to take that many pills. Is she saying I have to take handfuls of pills in order to be sovereign? Not so much, but I know that I feel less well and less sovereign when I don't. So I think it's worth it. I consider supplements to be concentrated food. I also will absolutely advocate that you can't take all the cool scientifically researched nutrients at the same time, which is why I have my fundamentals and then rotate in some of the other things a couple at a time. I really just wanted to give you some options. If any one of the supplements I mentioned jumped out at you, ask me some questions or do a little research on old Dr. Google and see what you can find out about it. I believe that yourself with a capital S will direct you to that which you may need. I do have to say that it irritates me to no end when someone complains about being tired or having brain fog, but isn't even willing to to try a B-complex or some tyrosine. Like, No, seriously, my anxiety is part of my identity. I don't want it to be something as simple as a magnesium insufficiency. And I also want to reiterate that taking supplements is not an excuse to not eat your veggies 
and your healthy fats and get adequate amounts of dietary protein. Balancing your blood sugar through how and what you eat is truly the most important thing you can do for your health, but that can take a lot of effort, and maybe you need some support to bridge your nutritional gaps while you take on that challenge. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I hope you learned something. I hope something piqued your interest. Please send any questions my way on the Red Diva Sovereign Health Facebook page or email me at percyrose at reddiva.com. Diva is always spelled with an E. Hey, I have a favor to ask. In the world of podcasting, being considered viable and marketable and quote-unquote real is a thousand percent a matter of downloads. Last week, I had a friend tell me that they sat and streamed straight through all the episodes and they really enjoyed it, and that melted my heart and I loved it, but I literally get no credit in terms of being marketable because all anybody cares about is downloads. So, If you enjoy the show, take a second and subscribe so that whatever service you use will automatically download each new episode. And hey, if you have a minute, go back and download each of the previous episodes that you really enjoyed. I don't care if you keep them, but I can't prove that you're listening if I can't show that you downloaded. I appreciate your listening ears and would love to be able to reach more. I am incredibly grateful for the leaf blower dude whose cleanup efforts made me pause in my recording today. I did my dishes, listened to an audiobook, and did some yoga while I waited for him to finish. Being sovereign is a choice. It's a thousand tiny acts of nourishment that stack the odds in our favor and flip the bird to the broken systems that would keep us malnourished and playing small. Choose wisely, my friends, and now go out and have a beautiful day.